kind of like how I am at home, but I have a this little pillow that sits there and how many of you seem to have Ephesians um, <laughs> almost in every one of my Bibles I must really read Ephesians a lot because almost in every one of my Bibles Ephesians is not there part of it's not there it's really aggravating because my um, Thompson chain that I have at home, Ephesians, you've got chapter 1 and that's it. So, what did I say? We're in Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. Okay. Let's just... That the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you, thank you, mm -hmm. the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory in inheritance in the saints. So I'm going to go ahead and... Um, Go further down. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power in us word who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in, the will, in, the, in that which to come. He put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church. So we are to be head over all things. We are the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. And more than I've ever seen it ever, we see the children of disobedience all over the world. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy for his love, which wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved, and has raised up to us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that, that in the ages to come he might know the rich, exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus. So I'm going to go ahead and read this same thing in the Amplified, starting with verse 17. For I always pray the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into the mysteries and the secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him, 
by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. So you are his saints, you are his set-apart ones, and he wants to have your eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand and hope to which he has called you and how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. And so that you know, can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength which he extended which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred, not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the world which are to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universe and supreme head of the church, a headship exercised through the church. So this is to be exercised through the church. Hallelujah. We have a, not us, but there is a very weak church out there now that are not exercising the things that God has promised to be exercised in this time, in this hour. This is a year for miracles. This is an year, a year for God's power to go forth in power and might through those that will grab a hold of the word, that know the word, that have been applying the word and putting the word in their heart for years. It's just about ready to break forth. Yes, there will be great darkness in the world. It will get darker and darker, but God will be grow lighter and lighter. The, the light of God will shine forth in such power and such might in the times that we live in you'll look and you'll say I cannot even understand how I have been pushed forth this quickly into the realms of the spirit for it is the word that you have stored in your heart it is the word that you have confessed out of your mouth it is the word that you have spoken and understood and believed for all the years that you have placed that in there, this is the year to go forth and use what you have inside of you. For as God did with the disciples when they went about ministering and preaching his word, he did signs and wonders amongst them. And this is the year for signs and wonders to those that believe and those that understand and those that know who he is, who they are in him and who he is in them. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Now, I'm not going to say it's going to come easily because as we know that the enemy wants to fight you every, every way you go. And so you just, what God showed me before circumstances and situations took place, that counted all joy when you encounter divers' tests and trials knowing that the trying of your faith 
work of patience and let patience have her perfect work that you may be entire, wanting or lacking nothing. God has a desire and has a plan for us to walk in faith and patience and desire or lack in nothing, absolutely anything. Paul said, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. So it says here, I've got to get some heat off me because it's too much. I'm in a cashmere sweater and it's like this rabbit. Um, thank you. So it says here, that one's fine over here. And he has put all things under his feet and appointed him the universe, the supreme head of the church, a headship exercised through the church, which, in his, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all, for the body lives to the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. Hallelujah. And you he made alive when you were dead, slain by your trespasses and sin, in which at one time you walked habitually, you were following the course and the fashion of this world, you were under the sway and the tendency of this present age, following the prince of the power of the air. You were obedient, you were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless and rebellious and the unbelieving who will get, go against all the purpose of God. Let me tell you, church, you're going to see more and more and more of this type of person in this hour. Do not be shocked at the things that take place all over the world. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. He has made us to be more than a conqueror. No matter what's thrown at you, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You need to go forth. We need to go forth in his power and his might. Amen. Pray. When Paul and Silas were thrown into prison, what did they do? They praised God. They started to praise God. They started to count it all joy when they encountered the divers' tests and trial, knowing that the Knowing that the work, the rustic, oh my God, I just want to pray in tongues and speak in tongues this morning. Praise you, Jesus. Let's turn there in James so you have it right in front of you. James chapter 1. There's times that it would be easier to just say it all in tongues. <laughs> One time I was teaching in a school of ministry that we started for a pastor before we came here and um, we were worshiping God in my class, and I was just, I probably shared this before, I'm sure. I was, we were praying in tongues and singing in the Holy Ghost, and the man came up to me and he said, do you speak Spanish? And I said, no. I, uno, dos, tres, cuantos, I, I don't, that's about it. Um, he said, you were praising God in Spanish. And so we don't know what we're saying, and we don't know who might hear what, what we are saying in tongues. Sometimes you need to just speak in tongues out loud. Amen. So it says, my brethren, count it all joy. Consider it, verse, chapter 1, verse 2. Consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped or encounter trials of any sort or fall into various temptations. Be assured and understand that the trying 
and the proving of your faith bring out endurance and steadfastness and patience. Endurance, steadfastness, and patience. So the enemy really doesn't care about you. It's your faith he wants. He wants you to just um, not have any faith. So when you go through tests and trials, he's trying your faith and he wants you to give up. He wants you to just say, well, you know what? I give up. I quit. And there's many people that are in that, in that place right now. There are people out there, Christians, that used to preach the word of God that don't even know if God is or if, if whatever they taught was, was really real. And it's sad when you hear that and when you see that. But you, we have to stay in the word. We have, Pastor and I are going to order, I think we're going to try to order all of Brother Hagen's DVDs and start playing them on Wednesday night. We need it. You need to hear it. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. One thing I'll say about Brother Hagen, he was stable. He didn't swing from one side to another. He knew faith and he taught faith and he taught on prayer and he was he did not swing back and forth he knew what god's word said and he spoke it and we need to hear that for faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of god we need to grow up you know i don't know about you but i need wednesday night i i it hurts me if i have to miss for some reason it, it's, it's very grievous to me because I need the word. You know, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling, even so much more as you see the evil day approaching. The evil day is not approaching, church. We're in it. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. So let's go on. It says, consider it wholly joyful, my brethren, whenever you are enveloped in or encountered trials of any sort or fall into various temptations, be assured and understand that the trial and proving of your faith brings out endurance and steadfastness and patience. Brings out endurance and steadfastness and patience. But let endurance and steadfastness and patience have full play and do a thorough work so that you may be people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. Fully, let's see what it says again, patient and have play and do therefore work so that you may be a people perfectly and fully developed with no defects, lacking in nothing. If you, any of you is deficient in wisdom, let him ask, and the giving God who gives to everyone liberally and ungrudgingly without reproach and fault finding. I like that part, without fault finding. And it shall be given you. Only it must be in faith that he asks with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting. For the one who wavers, hesitates, doubts is like a billowing surge out of the sea 
that is blown hither and thither and dot and trossed by the wind. For truly let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for, listen to this, from the Lord. For being as he is a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, he is unstable and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. We cannot be this way in, this, in the last days. We have to be right on the mark, right on the money. We cannot be wavering. We cannot be up and down and back and forth in our faith. Amen? This is, this is my message for 2015 or God's message through me for you for 2015. Hallelujah. I know this is heavy, but it's the truth. Amen? And it's time. We are not babies in this church. We are grown up, and it's time. We're not going to suck on any bottles anymore. We're going to eat the meat of the word. Hallelujah. Only it must be in faith that he asks, with no wavering, no hesitating, no doubting, for the one who wavers, hesitates, doubts, is like the billowing surge out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. For being as he is, a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresistible, ir well, somebody said, he is unstable and unreliable. Unstable and unreliable. Unstable and unreliable. That, that is, I'll tell you, from the day that I became born again, I made a decision that I would be in the house of God and I would be stable and I would be reliable. No matter what anybody else did around me, no matter what anybody in my family did, no matter what pastor did, no matter what the kids did, I was going to give an account for my life before God. I've shared before about the time he wanted to watch the football game. We had a big old fight before church and I said, he said, I'm staying home. I said, stay home. I'm going. I knew, I knew that I needed to hear the power of God and the word of God. That was the best service that church ever had, bar none, ever in its lifetime. Ever in its lifetime. So we need to, and that was, he, that was the end of that for him. He never did that again. But he had backslidden. And when we, he came to Jesus, the, back to the Lord, like he shared with me, he said, once you've backslidden and you've fallen back, he shared with me later, it's, it's hard to get back in there. It's hard to get back to being faithful because the enemy got you before. He's constantly trying to get you again. Understand this, church. 
So when we go on and it says, for that one who wavers, hesitates, doubts, is like a billowing surge out, of, out at sea that is blown hither and thither and tossed by the wind. For truly, not, let not such a person imagine that he will receive anything he asks for from the Lord. For being as he is, a man of two minds, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, you know it. He is unstable and, un and unreliable and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, and decides. This very day, make, a, make before God, between you and God, a decision that you do not want to be unstable and unreliable any longer. And when it tries to crop up, ask God to give you, or give him full permission to deal with you on this. Amen? Now, I'm not, this isn't in my notes. We've got to go back to Ephesians 1, 17 and 18. God does not want us he want, to be faithless. He does not want us to be at the place where our prayers are not answered. He wants everything, everything that we put our hand to, to prosper. Everything. That's what my Bible says. Everything. Say that with me. Everything. I put my hand to shall prosper. Because the word of God says it. Praise you, Jesus. Okay, Ephesians again, 1, 17 and 18. First, I always pray that God our, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of him. This is what he desires for his children. But if they are not in his word, if they are not hearing his word, if they are not in praise and worship, if their whole life is not surrounded about him, he cannot show them the mysteries and the secrets and the deep, intimate knowledge of himself. Hallelujah. God will only share the secrets with those he knows will keep them and do them. I'm going to tell you. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you and how rich in his glorious inheritance in the saints his set-apart ones. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe and demonstrate in the working of his mighty strength. Glory to God when he exerted in Christ, when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and every name that is named above every title that can be conferred not only in this age and in this world, but also in the age and the worlds which are to come. And he has put all things under his feet and has appointed him the universal and supreme head of the church, 
a headship exercised throughout the church, which is his body. That's us. Say, that's me. Hallelujah. The fullness of him who fills all in all, for in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete. The full measure of him that makes everything complete. Think about this. For in that body lives the full measure of him who makes everything complete and who fills everything everywhere with himself. He wants us to be complete, completely filled with him. Hallelujah. And you he made alive. And you and me he made alive. Glory to God. I've never seen so many dead-looking people in my life as the Christian, many Christians of today. Christians have the life of God in me. We've got everything that Jesus had available to us to walk in and to be. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In what one time you walked habitually, you are following the course and fashion of this world. You are no longer to follow the old way that you lived before. You are a new cre creature in Christ Jesus, a new creation in Christ Jesus. We are to be like him. We are to imitate him. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Hallelujah. Our lives, and we should be able to say, follow me as I follow Christ. How did Jesus act here upon the earth? Praise you, Jesus. Glory to God. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience, the careless and rebellious and the unbelieving who go against the purpose of God. Among these, we, we as well, as you once lived and conducted ourselves in the passions of our flesh, our behavior governed by our, our corrupt and sensual nature, obeying the impulses of the flesh, and through their minds and cravings dictated by our senses and our dark images. Now, this isn't in my notes, but we're going to turn to Galatians a minute, okay? Since God wants to take us another way, this is perfectly fine with me. You know, the Bible says, study to show yourself approved and then allow the Holy Ghost to move. God knows. The thing about it is when a minister sits down and writes a sermon, God knows exactly what's going on. Now, I wrote this last week, okay? Things changed between last week and today. So he knows every one of your lives and so my job is to yield to the Holy Spirit and allow the Holy Spirit to teach each one of us what he desires us to teach. Okay? So we're going to Galatians. Chapter 5. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Stand fast 
in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. In other words, stand fast in your freedom. And completely liberated us, stand fast then and do not be hampered and be ensnared and submit again to the yoke of slavery which you had once put off. So he is, he's talking to the Galatians church and he's really trying to figure out how in the world could you have one time walked in the fullness of God and now you've gone back to some of the things that you once walked in. You know, we've all had that feeling about ourselves and about others. I'm not here to judge you. I'm here to allow the Holy Ghost to judge me. Amen? So this whole sermon is new to me too. So praise the Lord. Just thank him and we'll just move it on here. Um, let's see. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to go over here to look at what these fleshly things are that he's talking about. We're going to go, um, let's go to verse 13. Liberty defined is what it says in my Bible. For brethren, you have not been called unto liberty, only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love to serve one another. So we're to serve one another. This is liberty defined. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. If you're married, you will love your husband or your wife as you do yourself. Amen? For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this, thou shalt love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another in partisan strife, be careful that you and your whole fellowship are not consumed by one another. See, the enemy's plan, the old nature, is to be in strife and argue and carry on and bite and devour one another. That is not God's plan. That is, we have been redeemed from this, and we are not to go back to that. The Bible says that where there's strife, there is every evil work. I can't remember the date and time. I'm not like Brother Hagen, but I remember I was standing in the window in our kitchen in Watsonville looking out, and God's told me, stay away from strife. Stay out of it. For where there's strife, there is every evil work. When you get in strife, every demonic spirit that's available or around you has a right to come in at that point. That's pretty heavy. Who wants that? Amen? Well, I said, I hear you, God. In other words, keep it out of your house. Don't let your kids fight. Don't allow it to go on. Don't fight with your husband. Okay, so let's move on. Everybody's getting a lot out of this. I pray that evidently maybe we've had some strife this week. I don't know. 
we're going this route. Who knows? Let's move on, see what else he has to say here. But I say walk and live and live habitually in the Holy Spirit. Verse 16. Responsive to and controlled and guided by the Spirit, then you will certainly not gratify the cravings and the desires of the flesh of the human nature without God. For the desires of the flesh of the flesh are opposite or opposed to the Holy Spirit, and the desires of the Spirit are opposed to the flesh, godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other, so that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you shall desire. So he's saying here, if we allow ourselves to be guided by the dictates of the flesh, what he's saying here, and you're not, and we're not led by the Holy Spirit, then we are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. So we prevent ourselves from doing what we desire to do if we do not allow ourselves to be guided and led by the Holy Ghost. If we desire, if we allow the flesh to, to use us or if we yield to the flesh, I mean, this is a heavy thing when you look at this. It says here, you are preventing to, from, you are prevented from doing what you desire to do. If you need to turn off heaters in front of you, if you're falling asleep, turn them off. Amen. But if you are guided, led by the Holy Spirit, you are not subject to the law. But if you are guided by your flesh, you're subject. You put yourself under the law. Okay? We're under grace. But if you allow your flesh to guide you, you put your, you're subject to the law. You understand that? Now, the doing practices of the flesh are clear, obvious. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, ill temper, selfishness, divisions, divisions, party spirit factions, sex with peculiar opinions, heresies, envy, drunkenness, carousing and the like, I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Heavy. So all these things that he mentions in 20 and 21, 19, 20, and 21, if we do those things, we will not inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, we will not live the kingdom living here on this earth. And many people, if they continue in this, will lose out on their salvation. It's pretty clear. You say, well, sounds simple. But the... But 
the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work with which his presence within accomplishes. So you know if you have the presence of God within you or if you're operating in the flesh. You know, there's two choices. Operate in the spirit and allow the spirit of God to have full control over you or operate in the flesh and allow the flesh to have control. And the more you, or more I or you or whoever yields themselves over to the flesh, the more control it will take. The more of, of just see yourself full of the Holy Ghost and then yielding over to the flesh and that part uh, that you have allowed in there wants to take over spaces that the Spirit of God wants to control. And I guarantee this is how people begin to backslide. Thank you, Jesus. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, the work which his presence within accomplishes, is love, joy, gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, and faithfulness, gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continence, against each such things there is no law that can bring a charge. So, we need to study these this week, the doings and practicings of the flesh, and then the doings and the practices and allowing the Holy Spirit to have free reign in your life. There's kill, steal, and destroy. And there's life and life more abundantly. John 10.10. 10. The choice is ours. Amen. The choice is each individual's. It's what you decide. It's what I decide to do with every situation that comes into my life. Do I choose to count it all joy when I encounter diverse tests and trials, knowing that the trying of my faith worketh patience? And if I let patience have her perfect work, then I will be entire, lacking or wanting nothing. Well, this is the first way right here. To st This is the first place to start on. Am I going to walk in the spirit or I'm going to walk in the flesh? Am I going to allow the Spirit of God to have reign in these areas in my life so I can have the things that God has promised to me? Or am I, is, is it worth me operating and walking in the flesh so I lose out on what God has for me? And we can't blame anybody else. People get concerned because this person over here is getting blessed and I'm not. Well, this is a good checklist right here. To, to let you know why the blessings are being held up or why, you know, there's, there's times they're, they're held up. You've prayed and prayed and prayed and you can't figure out why. Well, this is a real good place to start. The best place to start, we might as well just put these away for now. It's, the best place is in Mark 11. In verse 22, Jesus replying and said to them, 
have faith in God constantly or have the God kind of faith. And he, he goes on to talk about the mountain. Say to this mountain, be lifted up, thrown on the sea, and don't doubt it all in your heart. For this reason, I'm telling you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that it is granted to you, and you will get it. We just learned in James, if you're double-minded and wishy-washy, you're not going to get it. Amen? Then he goes on to this, then he goes on, and, what are you, and when you stand praying, if you have anything, anything against anyone, forgive him, let it drop, leave it, let it go. Let it drop, leave it, let it go. If you still keep talking about it, you have not let it go. You've not dropped it, you've not let it go. And it takes a strong, loving person that cares about you to tell you that. You've not let it go. I do not want to hear it one more time. Then he goes on to say, Verse 24, I like what he says. Let's go on through it again. For this reason, I am telling you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe, trust, and be confident that is granted to you, and you will get it. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything, verse 25, against anyone, 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 this is where you need to be constantly in prayer and asking God, do I have any odd against anyone, God? You could get mad at some driver on the road and carry on about it for days. We've all done it. Amen? When you, whenever you stand praying and have anything against anyone, forgive him, let it drop, leave it, let it go in order that the Father who is in heaven may also forgive you your own failings and shortcomings and let them drop. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your failings and your shortcomings. Who said this? Tell me who said it. Jesus said it. Paul didn't say it. John didn't say it. Peter didn't say it. Jesus said it. Dear God, don't murmur and complain against your pastor. If you've got anything against him, come to sit down and reason with it. Amen? But if you don't, Forgive, give, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your failings and shortcomings. That's, that's heavy. Well, what do you want out of this next, God? I guess we'll do this. Ephesians 4.15. Go back to the notes. Okay, we'll go back there. Getting anything today. This is, thank God we're having communion today. Last time we had communion, I didn't. I got so caught up in, in, in the things of God and 
I don't remember, I was probably repenting or whatever. I didn't even know you guys had taken communion. It was like, everybody's stuff is gone. Their emblems are gone. <laughs> Ephesians, what I say, 2.10? Did I say 4? Did we do 2.10? Go to 210 then. <laughs> Look, I'm in a tennis match up here. And we all know, Pastor will tell you, that I do not play tennis well. Ephesians 2, 10. Glory to God, for we are God's own handiwork, his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus. You're his handiwork. You're his workmanship. Think of this, recreated in Christ Jesus. You are a work of God. Hallelujah. Now the enemy wants you to be a work of the enemy, but God sent your work of me. Born anew that you may do those good works that God predestined, planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, li living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Hallelujah. So there was a life that God spoke into existence over each one of us before the foundations of the earth, that we were to walk in it, live in it, be in, enjoy it. God's already been, it's a good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live in. Therefore remember, at, at one time you were Gentiles, heathens in the flesh, called uncircumcision by those who called themselves circumcision, itself a mere mark in the flesh made by human hands. And let's go down here to verse, what did I say, 22. In him and in fellowship with one another. This is how important fellowship is. You know, people, a lot of, we have fellowship out in the foyer after church. We have fellowship once a month. When you leave and you don't stay, then you're not partaking in part of what God has planned for you. Amen? In him and in the fellowship with one another, you yourselves also are being built up into this structure with the rest to form a fixed abode, dwelling place of God, and by and through the Spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Now, Ephesians 4. This is the year to kick out the flesh. I think we're getting the picture today. Hmm. Let's go to 2, 4-2. Living as becomes you, 
with complete lowliness of mind, humility, and meekness, unselfishness, gentleness, mildness, with patience. You see how many times patience has come up this morning? Bearing with one another and making allowances because you love one another. <clears throat> Three, be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness of and produced by the Spirit in the binding power of peace. Hallelujah. Let's look at 15. No, no, let's go look at this a minute. Okay, Lord, we're going to do what you want us to do here. Verse 11, and his gifts were varied by him. He himself appointed and gave some to us, some to be apostles, special messengers, some prophets, inspired preachers and expounders, some evangelists, preachers of the gospel, traveling missionaries, some pastors, shepherds of his flock and teachers. Some pastors, shepherds, Pastors, shepherds of his flock, and teachers. Pastors are to be teachers. Amen? His intention was the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering towards, towards building up Christ's body, the church. So his intention, through giving you the gifts, when people are yawning, I can get louder. His intentions were the perfecting and the full equipping of his saints, his consecrated people, that they should do the work of ministering toward building up Christ's body, the church. Our job is to teach you the word. Our job is to share with you how to do it. Your job is to bring people in and build up the church. Okay? that it might develop until you all attain oneness in the faith and in the comprehension of the full and accurate knowledge of the Son of God, that we might arrive and really mature manhood, the completeness of personality, which is nothing less than the standard height of Christ's own perfection. How many know that Jesus was a perfectionist? How many know that? <laughs> if you're a perfectionist, that's fine. As long as you don't try to completely um, bring your perfection on others. But Jesus wanted us to learn how to live like him. He had three and a half years to do this. Then he said, I'm sending you another comforter. So he can teach you and guide you and, and show you. Amen? Thank you, Father. So then, we may no longer be children, tossed like ships, to and fro between chance gusts of teaching and wavering with every changing wind of doctrine, the prey of 
and cunning and cleverness of unscrupulous men, gamblers engage in every shifting of form of trickery and inventing errors to mislead. Trust me, that is going on right now in the body of Christ. Rather, let our lives lovingly express truth in all things. Speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, enfolded in love, let us grow up in every way and in all things into him who is the head, even Christ the Messiah, the anointed one. Okay, we're going down to verse 23. And be constantly... Well, let's go to 22. Strip yourselves of your former nature. Strip yourselves of your former nature. Put off and discard your, un, your old, unrenewed self, which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through the lusts and desires that spring from delusion. I'm going to tell you more than half these scriptures that I am giving you today are not in my notes. And yet they're all lining up together. So God's trying to tell us something here. Strip yourselves of your old nature. Put off and discard your old unrenewed self which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lusts and desires that spring from delusion. Okay, I'm gonna, we're going to share something here because the Holy Spirit just wanted me to. There are old areas and old ways of our lives that the enemy wants to take us back to. I'm gonna, what I've seen in the years of counseling and, and dealing with people and teaching, the enemy uses the old traps that he got us to yield to before he does it again. And if we listen to him, that's why 2 Corinthians 10.5 is so important to me. Casting down reasonings and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Every thought. Because he wants you to listen to these old things, the old things of the flesh that we yielded to, the old temptations. It might be a different person or place or thing, but it's, it, if you look at it, it, it fits into the box of the old stuff. Okay? Maybe you had problems with anger. Well, anger starts to crop up. Maybe you had problems with a personality that you're just not happy. Well, you better get happy and you better get happy quick because the enemy wants to make you deluded and get you in a trap. Maybe your old problem was lust. I'll admit it. I used to have a spirit of lust. I do not yield to that. There's only one man that interests me and he gets better looking every year and every day. And I have no desire to be pulled and yanked any other way. I'm not going to miss out on the rapture for letting my mind wander onto something else. 
I'm not going to let myself commit adultery. Jesus said, if you even think on these things, you've done it. That's Jesus, okay? He knows us. He knows human nature. He knows man. It could be anger, gossip, hate, division amongst the brethren, whatever. So he's telling us, stop it. Be strip yourself of your old former nature. Put off and disregard an old unrenewed self which characterized your previous manner of life and becomes corrupt through lusts and desires that spring from delusions. The enemy wants you to become deluded. You be delusional. We have enough of them out there. And be constantly, verse 23, constantly. When he says constantly, he means all the time. Renewed. In the spirit of your mind, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. How often? Constantly. Constantly. Say that with me, constantly. And put on the new nature. Put it on. Take the other off. I'd have you take your coat off and throw it on the floor and do your thing, but you're probably cold. Take off the old wreck. Throw it down and put on the new. Amen? It's up to you. you got to take it off and put it on. You know, we're all big people. God's not going to dress us and undress us here. we got to take off the old Strip it off. Sometimes you get, I mean, sometimes it hurts, man. <clears throat> Strip it off and get rid of it and put on the new. Amen? Put on the new nature, the regenerate self created in God's image. What is God's image? Well, read the Bible. You'll know what God's image is. Read Galatians that I just read this morning. The flesh, the spirit. Amen? I used to be an alcoholic. I, was, I only did one or two drinks a day. When I'd get home from work, I'd just, you know, do one, take a Valium with it if, his, if the in-laws were coming over. Sorry. You know... The day that God took alcohol away, that was it. Was the end of it. It was over. The end. Now, if I went and picked up alcohol purposely and took a drink, I guarantee you I would be drinking again. If I smoked another cigarette, I guarantee you, I would smoke, be smoking. Wouldn't that be cute? You know, I have a friend, and I agree with him. I don't think Christians should drink. A bunch of wine bibbers running around in the hour we live in. I sent her C's candy for her birthday because she doesn't live here. She lives in Florida. 
I handpicked it online. You would be shocked how much alcohol and liquor is in C's candy. You'd be amazed how much of it's in it. So I'm going through it because I know exactly how they believe. I'm, I have to pick through how much doesn't have it. I was handpicked it, having a good time last night until it wouldn't didn't want to. But think of these things, you know what I mean? So let's move on here. Thank you, Jesus. So we need to strip ourselves of our former nature, put off and disregard the old unrenewed self. Being drunk in the Holy Ghost is much more fun anyway. So then it goes on. Let's see, where are we? Be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, verse 23, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. I have never seen, you know, it's horrible to see a miserable, down Christian. Horrible. Please, dear God, if you're married to somebody like that, tell them. They might not like you, but they'll like you later. Amen? Oh, Lord. <laughs> Put on the new nature, the regenerate self, created in God's image, God-like in true righteousness and holiness. And be constantly renewed in the spirit of your mind, 23, having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Every day you should have a fresh, new, mental and spiritual attitude. Every day. Every, find the good in things instead of the bad. Every day. Change your thought life. You know, Henri Crouch went home to be at the Lord. That, that man sang, soon and very soon, I'm going to see the Lord. I just was playing his, his um, songs last night on my iPad, just in bed, having a good old time, having a good old time. Soon and very soon, I'm going to see the Lord. I'm very soon, I'm going to see the Lord. Then it goes on to say this. Therefore, rejecting all falsity and being done now with it, let everyone express the truth with his neighbor. I hate liars. You want to know the one, number one thing I hate? Don't lie to me. If we're in counseling, don't lie because the Spirit of God will tell me and it's not pretty. Okay? I just don't like lying. Even little ones. Be it done away with it. Let everyone express the truth with his neighbor, for we all are parts of one body and members of one another. When angry, do not sin. If you can get angry and not sin, then more power to you. If I get angry, I sin. He's talking about righteous indignation. Jesus went in, remember? How they were selling stuff, and he went through there, and there's a difference. When angry, do not sin. Do not ever let your wrath, your ex, ex, exasperation, your fury or indignation last until the sun goes down. 
That's pitiful. Let it go on all day and boil. Carry on with it. Let the thief steal no more, but rather let him be industrious, making an honest living with his own hand, so that he may be able to give to those in need. Oh, geez, this is the whole nation full of thieves that don't want to work and want us to pay for it, right? Smile. Come on, you guys. This is a good sermon. There's not one thing that I've said that's not sitting here right in front of us. Amen? It says, if you stay angry and you keep hang on to your wrath and that exasperation, your fury or indignation, if you let it last until the sun goes down, then you are leaving, it says, right after that, leave no such room or foothold for the devil. Give no opportunity to him. The Bible says stay away from angry men. Don't have anything to do with an angry person. Nothing. Zip. Zilch. Nothing. Because what has happened? The devil has gotten a foothold there. Gee, you want me to stop? Just raise your hand and I'll quit. <clears throat> let the thief steal no more. Don't let the devil have a foothold anymore. Let the thief steal no more. But rather let him be industrious, making an honest living with his own hands so that he may be able to give to those in need. There we go, the next one. We're going to have communion in a minute, but God's not done. He's not in a rush. I'm going to tell you, he's not in a rush. He wants us to get this. So if there's any of this in us, we can get rid of it up here. Okay? Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others and is fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace, God's favor, to those who hear it. Line up your life with this scripture. I'm going to read it again. Let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth. Ever. But only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others and is fitting to the need and the, and the occasion that it might be a blessing and give grace, God's favor, to those who hear it. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not offend or vex or sadden him, by whom you were sealed, marked, branded, as God's own secured for the day of redemption, of final deliverance through Christ from evil 
and the consequences of sin. Let all bitterness and indignation and wrath. This is not in my notes, folks. So this is what he wants us to clean ourselves of so we can go into the blessings. Amen. Wrath, passion, rage, bad temper, resentment, anger, animosity, and quarreling, brawling, clamor, contention, and slander, evil speaking, abusive or blasphemous language, be banished from you with all malice, spite, ill will, or baseness of any kind, and become useful and helpful and kind to one another tender-hearted, compassionate, understanding, loving-hearted, forgiving one another readily and freely as God for Christ forgave you. Hallelujah. Therefore, be imitators of God, copy Him and follow His example as beloved children imitate their Father and walk in love, esteeming and delighting in one another, as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a slain offering and sacrifice to God for you, so that they became a sweet fragrance. Verse 3. But immorality, sexual vice, and all impurity of lustful, rich, wasteful living, or greediness, must not even be named among you, as is fitting and proper among God's saints, God's compassionate people. Let no filthiness, obscenity, indecency, no foolish and sinful, silly and corrupt talk, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting or becoming, but instead voice your thankfulness to God. For be sure of this, that no person practically practicing sexual vice or impurity in thought or in life, in thought, or in life. Boy, he's getting down to the nitty-gritty today. Huh. Did she wish I would have stayed home? No, you're glad I'm here. Wasteful living. Wasteful living. What's wasteful living? Think of it. I might want to circle that one. Are you using God's money wisely? Or greediness must not even be named among you, as is fitting and proper among saints, God's consecrated people. Let there be no filthiness, obscenity, indecency, nor foolish or sinful, silly, and corrupt talk, nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting or becoming, but instead voice your thankfulness to God. Let no one, man, he gets into everything today, no sexual vice or impurity in thought or in life, or one who is covetousness or has lustful desire for the property of others and is greedy for gain, for he, in effect, is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God, let, lo, let no one delude and deceive you with empty excuses and groundless arguments. 
for these sins, for th through these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of rebellion and disobedience. So do not associate, whoa, or be sharers with them. For once you were darkness, but now you are light. In the Lord, walk as children of light, lead the lives of those native born to the light for the fruit, the effect, the product of the light or the spirit consists in every form of kindly goodness, uprightness or heart and trueness of life. And try to learn in your experience what is pleasing to the Lord. Let your lives be, live be constant proofs of what is more acceptable to him. Take no part in and have no fellowship with the fruitless deeds and enterprises of darkness, but instead let your lives be so, be in contrast as to expose and reprove and convict them. Oh, Jesus, thank you. Therefore, in verse 14, he says, Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall shine, make day dawn upon you, and give you light. Look carefully, point 15, how you walk. Live purposely and worthy and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity, for the days are evil. The end. This is how many of my scriptures we got to today on this list. I don't know. We're going to judge ourselves. Pastor's going to come up here. I saw some areas in my life that need to change. I thank God for today. This isn't what I was planning to teach, but God knew. Matter of fact, I didn't even know that's where all those things were. God knew. One up here, handsome. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody, just close your eyes. Ask God. If any of this has to do with you, get it under the blood. Say, draw, draw a line. Write it in your Bible. Say, this is the end of it. That's what you want. Because I will tell you, if you've had enough, if, this, if you have any of this stuff has to do with you, don't worry about anybody around you. Write down the time. This is how I do it. Write down the date in your Bible and say, it's over. Enemy. 
it's over. Hallelujah. Quite a list. Let's give us time to think about this. <laughs> Me at least. Praise you, Jesus. Here. Let me just read one thing here from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Looking at verse 23, For I have received the Lord that which I also deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. The list that she's gone through, or lists, numerous lists there, I think, to be truthful, all of us are a little tainted. Some of those things we have dabbled in. And we need to straighten it out. Because to take communion is, dabbling is betraying him. Truly. If we look at it. So. Father we're just asking you right now. By your Holy Spirit. We recognize. The day and hour. To which we are living in. These are the last days. Father God. And it said even the elect. Would be deceived. Lord, there are areas maybe we are deceiving ourselves, thinking it's all right when the list is before us. It's been brought before us so plainly this morning that we need to clear clean house. So we're asking that your Holy Spirit speak to us, that as we take the bread and the cup. We will be cleansed, Father God, to receive, Father God. To walk perfectly before you, as the word says. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for speaking to us at this point. Thank you, Lord, for First John 1, 9. That we can put all these wrongs behind us. Let me go on and read. Once again, starting with verse 23. For I received the Lord that which I also deliver unto you, that the Lord Jesus... The same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. 
After the same manner, he also took the cup. And when it's up, saying, This cup is a new testament in my blood. This do off as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat.